Hey, my name is Jackson Canty and welcome to Vim Online. Thank you for spending time with me today. I hope you are encouraged. I hope you know you have purpose, you are loved, and you belong. Enjoy this message. Welcome to the Vim Podcast. Um, I'm so excited that you would take some time and invest it in yourself. Good job, you. For tuning in um, wherever you are listening from in the car in the gym in the kitchen in the living room I believe God is gonna speak to you over the course of the next couple minutes um, and just the fact that you're leaning in to him will um, will return will return in full so I'm excited to get started um, and if you have a Bible with you, around you, near you, you're not driving um, other people around or anything like that, open it up, open it up to Philippians chapter 3, I've entitled this, you can write it down if you're taking notes, by the way, God bless you note takers, Um, God bless you who share this, Um, maybe maybe before you start listening, you hit pause, and you text this to a friend and say, hey, I'm getting ready to listen to this. Um, and if it's been, if, if this podcast at all has been um, a help to your life, I would love for you to share it with others and let it to continue to bless others. And so that's that's the goal here. And so you can put it on your social medias, on your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, um, anything and everything you got. TikTok, I don't care. Use it all. Um, LinkedIn, I don't even um what else i can't think of. if you still have a myspace if if you had if there was a vine if there still was a vine i would say share it on the vine but philippians chapter 3 i've entitled this jail juke jail juke you know what a juke is um for maybe any of you who aren't sports fans a juke is something where you try to make your opponent think you're going to move one way. Maybe you juke them out with your feet. You can do some footwork, juke them out. You can also kind of head fake and juke them out with your head. You can do either one. Um, but I remember growing up playing youth sports, and the coach would always say, whether it was in basketball whether it was football. I never played soccer, but I know it works in soccer, too. The coach would always say that if if someone is going to juke you out, don't look at their feet because their their feet might might plant, go the other direction. Don't look at their heads because they can just bob, bob the head one way and turn around and go the other. But if you watch their hips, that's the one part. No one can fake you out if you just keep keep your eyes on their hips. They can't juke you, is what the coach would say. So keep your eye on the hips. And um, Paul's writing this letter to a church in Philippians from a prison cell to encourage the church. So Paul is in prison, and he is encouraging others. So maybe just the fact of him writing this letter, maybe just that fact is him showing us that even in situations where we feel trapped, 
that if we get outside of ourselves, if we think of something a little bigger than ourselves, then, then God can really start to use us. And a lot of the times we feel trapped in certain situations, and really what we need is, is to get outside of ourselves. Really what we need is stop, to stop focusing on us. And so when Paul's writing this letter to the church of Philippi, we're going to pick it up in chapter 3. But you got to be careful because Paul doesn't really say the things you might expect. You might expect for someone in prison to say. So you got to watch his hips because he'll try to juke you out. This is a jail juke. This is Paul. And so he writes in the midst of a prison. We don't know for sure. Some theologians believe Paul was in house arrest um, by the by the government he was under the Roman government and others believe maybe he was actually in a prison cell there's really no way to know um, but maybe it's okay that we don't know maybe maybe that's okay because maybe God's trying to show us that everybody's jail looks a little different the prison you're you're caught in and the prison I'm caught in and the situations we feel trapped in, they might just look different. We're still trapped, um, but it might it might just kind of appear different. And so, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read a lot. So, if you've gotten behind on your Bible reading plan, it's it's February. You've you've missed some days. Um, I'm gonna catch you up right here. But I want to re- read one verse before I really go in. And I want to read Philippians 3, verse 10. Paul says this, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Now, watch his hips because Paul, remember, is in prison, as we've talked about. And so what he doesn't say is, I want to get out. Paul doesn't say, I want freedom. Paul doesn't say, I want someone to bring me Chick-fil-A number one with the lemonade, please. Closed on Sunday. But what he says is, I want to know Christ. Paul's writing a letter. He could say anything he wants. It's his letter. But the Spirit leads Paul to write, no matter how I'm doing, no matter what I see around me, the one important desire, the one desire I prioritize in my life, I want to know Christ. Now watch his hips, because he might leave you in the dust if you look at his feet, or if you look at the shackles on his wrist, he might juke you out with those, because you would think he was... He was, he wasn't free. But I believe if Paul was here, if I handed Paul this microphone that I'm holding right now, he would say something along the lines of, I might have been in chains, but I was free. And so, I want to start in verse 7. I think that's what I decide. So verse 7 is also good, I just don't know what, what we can handle. 
Paul says this, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. So what I used to think was impressive, I no longer really think that it's of much importance anymore. And you know, the Bible isn't really relevant to our times. This is written a long time ago because we don't really overemphasize certain subjects and give things significance where that significance does not belong. We never do that. We never do that in our everyday lives. You know, we don't get we don't get upset about things that actually don't even have a real impact on our life. And we don't we don't really involve ourselves in drama that ha- doesn't have to do with us and and we don't really and we don't really judge other people on their outward appearance and and you know we just never really struggle with this stuff because the bible's irrelevant and if you can't tell I'm being a little sarcastic here because I'm still amazed at how some people can get upset well, I don't know how they could or I don't know why they would. And I thought I thought they said they were Christian now. And I thought this and I thought and people will get so upset about other people's walk with Jesus that they can't even focus on what God's called them to. Paul says this, he says, whatever were gains to me. We're lost now for the sake of Christ. Verse eight, what is more? I consider everything a loss. I consider everything a loss. He emphasizes that, you know, certain things aren't, aren't, aren't important when you compare how good God has been. And so when he says whatever were gains to me, he's saying, I don't really think what I used to think is important anymore. I can tell you one thing. I'm so excited about getting older and just certain things not bothering me anymore. (laughs) I really am. I really can't wait for the day where I just don't care about some stuff. And, and Paul's saying here, he's kind of maybe got a few years on him now. He says that the things that used to work me up, they don't, they don't bother me as much. And so he says, whatever is more, I consider everything a loss the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord. So he's not saying that other things aren't important. He's not saying, you know, a house or a job or being married or, you know, all these external things that we work really hard for and education. He's not saying that those aren't important, but he says when I compare how good and how big God is to the things I'm worrying about today. It doesn't really seem to equal out. God seems to be so much bigger than my circumstance. God seems to be so much bigger than my prison. And even if I have, even if I'm in this prison, as long as I have his presence... I'll be okay. And that's what he gets at in verse 10 when he says, I want to know Christ. And Paul is saying now, you know, the things that used to bother me and the things that used to ruin my day, they just don't anymore. I'm starting to, I'm starting to learn what matters now. I, now I know what's important. 
And then then he really wants to drive it home. He says, For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Paul says, Those things that I used to work so hard for, garbage. Those things that I used to care so much about, garbage. The things that used to keep me up at 3 a.m., worrying, thinking, confused, overanalyzing, garbage. Now I know what's important. He goes on. And to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Now this is big because Paul used to be a Pharisee. But Paul used to be among the religious elite. He even says, um, oh, it's so good. I'm going to start in verse 3 real quick and just read it real quick for you. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. And then this is where he says, though I myself may have reason for such confidence though i myself have reasons for so for such confidence if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh i have more you know paul's saying if anybody's going to boast about what's on the outside and what people can see it should be me and he says he he explains himself if anyone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day. Weird flex, Paul. Weird flex. Circumcised on the eighth day. That was the that was the that was the day you were supposed to be circumcised. So he's saying, I got circumcised on the right day. I wouldn't go around starting conversations like that. When when did you get circumcised? Um <laughs> You know, and circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. That was a good tribe to be in. If you, That was kind of like, that was the tribe the, the priest came from. He said, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law of Pharisee. As for zeal in persecuting the church as much as for righteousness based on the law, I was faultless. Paul is saying, if anybody has a reason to boast in the flesh, it's me. If anyone has a reason to say, I am great because of what I have accomplished, I'm a great because of the amount of money, the amount of status, the amount of people that think I'm attractive, the amount of followers I have on Instagram. However you measure your success, Paul says, if anyone wants to compare how successful they are, I'm going to take home the gold medal every time. And so it really it really caught me off guard, you know, when he said not having a righteousness that comes through faith because I I've I'll meet Christians and honestly I've done it in my life too where maybe you start walking with God long enough and now you start to think 
that your righteousness and your status with God almost came through how good you are at following, you know, oh, I stopped doing that now. And I stopped looking at that stuff. And I never really go on that site. And, and I never really talk to them anymore. Like, 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 like the God of, like the grace of God has not completely changed your life. And he's not the reason. And, and, and Jesus's blood is not the reason that you can even come before God. You know, no, no matter how good you think you are, no, how, no matter how profound your faith is, Paul says, I don't even find righteousness in that. I don't really find worth in that because I know I know I am a sinner. I know all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so I'm not going to walk around saying that, you know, oh, my faith is stronger than your faith. No, Paul never does that. And he says the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And this is what he says in verse 10. And I want to know Christ. I want to know him. I want to know Christ. Now, this caught me back for a minute because I'm like, Paul, bro, if anyone knows Christ, it's going to be you, man. Why are you asking to know him? If anyone's going to know him, it's going to be you. I mean, you met him. You talked to him. He called you. He told you what to do. He told you where to go. If anyone's going to, he, he blinded you and then had someone, had someone heal your sight. If anyone's going to know him, if anyone's going to know Christ, Paul, it's going to be you, man. And so it almost caught me back, took me back for a second when he said that. But Paul says, I want to know him because I know, I know that everything else I try to fill my life with ends up leaving me more empty than it found me. I know that if I try to fill the void in my life with a relationship or with a, with a certain accomplishment or with a certain thing, that whenever that thing doesn't work the way I thought it would work, then it's going to end up leaving me worse off. So Paul says, I put no confidence in the flesh. But you got to watch his hips. Because he says, I might be locked up, but I've never been more free. And no matter what's around me, what really matters Because he knows that in Christ is freedom. And so he knows that no matter what's around me, no matter what shackles me, no matter what holds me down, what really matters, what really matters, Paul's starting to say, I've been around enough to know what really matters now. And what really matters is not what's around me, but what's on the inside of me. And this gives me hope, you know? This is what he says. Yes, to know. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, so that somehow attaining the resurrection 
from the dead. In verse 12, and this, not that I have obtained this, not that I have already obtained this, or that I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on for that which Christ has taken hold for me. Now this gives me hope. Because Paul says, I've, I've accomplished some stuff, but I'm not there yet. And there's going to be this constant nag, this constant pull in your life, and it's a positive pull. It's a good pull that's saying, God's brought me through so much, but I know he's got more for I know he has more for me. And, and Paul says, I want to know Christ, but I know I don't know him completely. And I think now at the now that Paul's left this earth, if we interviewed him today, he would say, and, and I never really will until I get to heaven. I never really will know him all the way, but I want to know him more. I know the Greek word for this. Um, the word know is the same word that means perceive. So he says, I want to perceive Christ. And it got me thinking when I saw that, that Christ is already in the midst of our lives. We just have to choose whether to pursue him, whether to perceive him. And so Paul's saying, I know that Christ is with me already. So I just want to know him. I don't need to know that Christ is with me. I already know that. And, and Paul's saying, but it's not by my faith. It's not by what I've accomplished. But it's about what Christ has accomplished in me. You got to watch his hips. It's a juke. And we, te- and we tend to look at people's faith and, and think, wow, I could never have a faith like that. You know, they have such an amazing ability. But Paul says, I press on. You know, I press on to what's in front of me. It seems to me that Paul kind of has his priorities straight. You know? Because once my priorities are straight, straight I can fight the right fight some of us are walking around exhausted and we can't even focus on what God's really calling us to because we're we're fighting the wrong fights and somebody listening right now you're worn out because you're fighting the wrong fight and you've been letting the enemy convince you that there were certain battles that you had to fight that God wants to take those and win those battles on your behalf and some of us are fighting battles that are already won for us and so verse 13 brothers and sisters I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it I'm still working towards the goal I haven't arrived yet but one thing I do forgetting what is behind Forgetting what is behind. Some of you just needed to hear that. God had you tune in just to hear that word. Forgetting what is behind. God will use your past, but you don't have to focus on it. Remember we talked about you can have it back last week. God will use your past. 
God will use what you've been through. But you don't have to live in that. You don't have to live from that. You can live from the victory that is already inside of you. Paul says, forgetting what is behind, whether what is behind was good, and maybe the enemy's saying your better days are behind you, or or maybe the enemy's whispering uh, uh, in your ear and he's saying things like, you've always been a failure and you always will be, but that's not true. But forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You, you already are. Um, I, I just hear this. I hear God saying this to somebody. Real, real life. Right now, God's saying this to you. You already are. We spend a lot of our lives trying to become certain things. But God's saying to somebody, you already are called. You've been looking for people to love you, but you already are loved. You've been looking for purpose everywhere, trying to figure out where you fit in and what job you should take and where you should move and what you already are. You already have purpose. You've been looking for people to accept you. You've been looking for people to um, approve of you. You've been looking for people to, to let you know that you matter and that you belong. But God's saying to somebody, you already belong. And let me tell you something. You fight different when you know you've already won. So let me tell you this. What you're fighting, you've already won. What you're fighting, you've already won. I'll let you praise God for a second. What you're fighting, you've already won. You already are. You've been spending so much time trying to become something on the outside that you already are on the inside. I feel somebody getting set free because you thought that the fight you were fighting was yours. But Christ has already taken hold of that, which has taken hold of you. And he's already fought. And he's gone before you. He's gone before you. And he's standing before you. And he's standing with you. And he's saying, you are called. You are loved. You already are. In, in Matthew 23, verses 23 through 26, I told you we were going to do a lot of Bible. It's Jesus speaking, and he looks at these Pharisees. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law. You hypocrites. It was one of those days, I guess, you know. Did Jesus have bad days? These are like the questions that go through my mind. I would think so, you know. Anyways, I mean, you never look at somebody when you're having a really good day and say, woe to you. Just look at somebody. Somebody, you get new shoes and somebody comes and gets too close to your white new shoes. Woe to you. You teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Woe to you. Maybe that'll be nicer than what you were already going to say. So maybe you should say that. Woe to you, Pharisees, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin. 
And this is what Jesus says next. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law. Uh, But you have neglected what's really important. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. It's not that the things of the law aren't important. Jesus didn't come to uh, expel the law, but to fulfill it. But what he's saying is, you, you forgot the most important part. You, you should have practiced the latter. You should have, you know, tithed. You should have tithed your spices and mint and dill, cumin, like you're doing already. But, but you're totally neg- neglecting justice, mercy, mercy, faithfulness. You should have done both. He says, you blind guides, you strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. He went off. Woe to you, he says it again. Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of a cup and a dish, but the inside, they are full of greed, self-indulgence. And he says, blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will also be clean says, you clean the outside of your cup, but the inside's nasty. You've let certain things grow on the inside of you, and you haven't taken the time. But remember how I was saying how the Bible's not really relevant to our modern day, because we don't, you know, we don't spend a lot of time focused on our external and really, you know, worry about our, and not worry about, you know, are inside we don't spend 45 minutes you know flipping through other people's lives on social media looking at their outside looking at the outside of their dish and then comparing it to the emptiness we feel on the inside we don't do that you know we don't spend an hour getting our makeup ready but somehow don't have time to let God know that he matters to us you know, and, and, and get, Jesus says both are important. He, he doesn't say first clean the inside of your cup in your dish and let the outside be gross. The outside matters, especially single people. If you're looking, the outside matters. OK. I, I'm not even going to go in on that, <laughs> but the outside matters. OK. <laughs> but what matters more What matters more? Both are important, but you have to set your priorities. You have to set your priorities. It's important to clean the outside of your cup, but if the outside of your cup is is clean, but the inside's disgusting, it will still taint whatever you try to pour out. It's going to be gross. Because mm, this is good. I want you to listen in. I want you to listen in. If you've tuned out, if you kind of zoned off, if you spaced out, tune in right here just for a second because the outside was only provided to protect what was on the inside. Hmm. I'm going to say it again. The outside is only provided to protect. The outside matters. The outside matters. Listen, the outside matters, but it's only provided to protect what's on the inside. 
our culture worships the outside and never pays any attention to what the outside is supposed to contain. And so, you know, Paul isn't saying that in Philippians 3 that nothing is important. He's not saying that certain practices aren't good. He's just saying that can't be your priority. I just see Paul getting his priorities straight. In verse 19b through 20a, he says, Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. When you know who you belong to, it doesn't matter as much what people say about you and how people treat you and how people think about you. When you know who you really belong to, Paul's saying you got to get your priorities straight. You've got to know what's important. You've got to know what really matters. And if you overemphasize the importance of your appearance, you will you will miss out on what's actually important, and that's what goes beyond your appearance. And, and we're scrolling and we're posting and we're cropping and we're trying to look impressive and, and we're doing all this stuff so people notice. But Paul's saying, it's not about that. It's not about the outside. It's not about that. Because that stuff doesn't really satisfy. How many followers you get doesn't satisfy. Your accomplishments, they don't really satisfy. Getting married doesn't really satisfy. But we focus and we think we think it's the external that's going to bring us our internal peace. And then when it doesn't deliver, it leaves us more empty than we thought we would ever be, than we were before we even found it. And Paul's saying, money's not bad. Accomplishments aren't bad. Get married. Good. Do it. But if that's what you're going to, to, to get your fulfillment, if that's what's really most important in your life, If that's your priority, Paul says, I know what's important. I know what matters. I want to know. I want to know Christ. Whatever regains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Whatever, whatever I used to think was important, I, I just don't think it's that important anymore. And I can just feel God in my life and in your life realigning our priorities and focusing on what's really important. It's not the outside. The outside was just provided to protect what was on the inside. And you already are loved. You already have purpose. You already do belong. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this blessed you. I hope this encouraged you. Um, Yeah, thank you for tuning in. I wanted to say um, thank you to those who give to to the podcast. It helps so much, helps us reach and do more. And so really appreciate those of you who do that. If you're interested in doing that, go um, to our website and you will see there the support page. Um, You can get to our website by clicking the link that is in the uh, description below. Thank you so much.
Hey, before you go, I hope this encouraged you. I hope you know you have purpose, you are loved, and you belong. If you did enjoy this, um, I just want to ask, share it. Um, screenshot it, send it to your friends, share the link, do whatever you can do, get the word out. It'll really help help us out. Um, second, go to our website, vimonline.org. If you just made a decision of faith and you're like, I want to start stepping in relationship, walking in stride with God. If that's you, the very first page, when you pull up vimonline.org, it'll be a decision for faith. You can put in your name, your email and your address. And we're not going to do anything weird. We're not going to bug you. We're not going to send you a bunch of stuff or show up at your door. We just want to say congratulations. We want to send you a Bible um, and some other resources that will help you getting started along and walking with God. Also by going to Vim online.org you can support financially it is the financial gifts that help us move forward and take the ministry into new places thank you so much i hope this blessed you thank you